Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints take on the Chicago Bears this weekend, coming off a 38-27 win over the Indianapolis Colts last Sunday. The Saints have moved into a tie for first place in the NFC South. With a win this weekend over the Bears, they will move back above 500 and retain at least a tie for first in the division. The Saints have been putting it together offensively over the last three straight games. They've had 400 or more total net yards for the first time since 2018. In fact, the 511 total net yard output on Sunday against the Colts was the highest by the Saints since Christmas Day in 2020. We are definitely hoping for more of the same in this weekend's game against the Bears, and it's going to be great to have them back here in the Superdome. I know the crowd will definitely help fire up the team. For today's podcast, we're bringing in lead NFL insider Jonathan Jones. He covers all things NFL for CBS, and you can catch him every Sunday on a variety of their programming. Jonathan joins John DeShazer and myself now. Jonathan, thank you so much for jumping on the New Orleans Saints podcast with us as we have a CBS game this weekend. And I know you do a ton of work for them. So how are you doing heading in to week nine? You know, week nine is week nine. They're all starting to blend together. Uh, but that is uh, that's a good thing. That means the season's moving along well. And at CBS, we're actually celebrating 100 days until Super Bowl 58 out in Las Vegas. So today, Friday, it's the 100 days until uh, the big game, the first Super Bowl in Nevada, um, obviously our Super Bowl. And maybe, Aaron, just maybe, we'll be seeing the New Orleans Saints out there 100 days from now. Well, I was about to say, yeah, we'll see you there in 100 days, we hope. Um, and that will give us a little <laughs> playoff bonus and all that kind of good stuff. But <laughs> Jonathan, you know, the Saints have won their last game, obviously, but lost the, the two prior to that. Uh, did not play well in the first half of either of the last three games. Uh, what are the, some of the things that you've noticed about the Saints, I guess, especially lately? Well, obviously, you have uh, an offense with New Orleans that up until last week was was underachieving, that looked a, a little bit out of sorts, right, you, uh, with the quarterback and uh, seemingly being a little unsure of uh, throwing the football down the field uh, successfully, um, really sort of, trusting those wide receivers I think it's really telling how Alvin Kamara despite missing the first three games leads all running backs in, in receiving uh, in terms of receptions and yards and so um, as fantastic as great of a running back a, a threat a weapon that uh, Alvin Kamara is you know you never want to rely too too much on him especially with an offense that has so many uh, incredible uh, weapons and talent so uh, seeing him spread the football around just a little bit more um, this past week was heartening uh, because, you know, in that Jacksonville game, it just felt a lot like it was just feed Kamara, feed Kamara, almost like it was an edict, even though uh, I can't imagine it was. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, the centerpiece of this offense, and he did get a ton of touches uh, earlier. Saints are 4-4. Four and four. Um, This division has not been a world-beating division the last couple of years. Uh, is that a little bit of a surprise this year? I mean, I, I, I don't think 
people thought that Carolina would be very good, but, you know, the Falcons were kind of a team that, you know, a lot of people thought might be a dark horse. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if a lot of people knew about what Tampa Bay had, but, you know, this is a team, this is a, a division that appears that it's going to go down to the wire uh, and it might be a 500 type team that wins it. Yeah. Similar to last year, right. With Tampa and Tom Brady, right. It was ugly. And there was that, that final game of the season last year for Tampa and Carolina with an interim coach to see who represented the division. So it seems that the division has picked up where it left off. Um, and, you know, you say maybe some folks aren't surprised about Carolina and tell you Carolina's surprised about Carolina because they thought all off season with uh, a new head coach and a new offensive staff with uh, a number one overall quarterback that they were going to be competing for the division and seven games in, they finally get their first win. So, you know, I look at Atlanta, a team that um, has always really since those, those glory years with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones kind of hovered around 500 or hoped to be around 500. And now they're in the middle of what is potentially a quarterback change, right? They benched Desmond Ritter just for this game. They're going with Taylor Heineke. So what's going to be their future? Um, you have Derek Carr with New Orleans, who is probably, uh, I know that New Orleans fans haven't been super crazy about him, but in this division, um, you could make the argument he's the best quarterback in this division. And uh, with a defense playing the way that we know it can and certainly did at the beginning of the season, uh, I think New Orleans has the best chance to come out of this division as the champion. With the Bears coming up this weekend, obviously they have a rookie quarterback in Tyson Pageant getting his third start in the Superdome. How much do you think that environment can have on an have an impact on how the Bears are able to get going offensively? Yeah, this is going to be huge, right? Because uh, you, you had Bajan who was able to come in uh, with a full week of work with uh, Justin Fields being out with that thumb. And he goes up against a Raiders team that was offensively inept with Brian Hoyer as their starter. Um, and he was able to get the ball out quickly and get the, get the victory in large part because the defense put him in good positions and the offense in good positions. This past week on Sunday night football, um, they were not able uh, to really do what they had seen the previous week. And that's not um, – unusual or abnormal for a backup quarterback to have a strong start and then sort of regress a little bit in game two. So this one, game three, is going to tell us a lot. This is a kid who um, I know the Bears love his decision-making, how quickly he can get the football out. Um, He's a lot different than Justin Fields in ways good and bad. Gets the ball out quickly, doesn't take the huge deep shot. In fact, he's averaging fewer yards air yards per attempt than just about any quarterback ever, uh, or at least in the modern (laughs) NFL. Um, And he's playing a lot from under center, and that's going to help their run game, uh, you know, no question about it. I'll be interested to see how much under center he goes versus New Orleans, how how often he's going to have his back to the defense against that front. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit more shotgun against New Orleans than what we have seen from him the first two games. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, But the Bears really, really like him. And, you know, Fields could be coming back after this game. Um, You know, at that point, it'll be four weeks for him. And so I think that the undrafted rookie is going to go out there and say, look, this, this is probably my last chance or should 
use it as his last chance and really kind of throw caution to the wind just a little bit and let it rip. Yeah, hopefully Fields will be back soon, just not for this game, obviously. Um, <laughs> but but with, with Bajan, they obviously like to run the ball. How much do they want to run it to maybe maybe take the air out of the game a little bit and maybe even keep it out of his hands so that you can control the clock with the running game? Yeah, I think that's a, a fantastic point. Typically, that is what you want to do. Um, and then this past week against the Chargers, you know, he threw those two interceptions uh, so you don't want to make any mistakes. You don't want to help this defense out any more um, than than you already may. Um, you know, what Deontay Foreman has been a guy who uh, he's gotten about 60, 70 rushing yards per game since he came back in. Um, you want to be able to establish the run. You want to be able to stay in front of the sticks, right? Because the last thing that you want with this undrafted rookie quarterback is to go from first and 10 to second and 13 or even second and nine. You want to get those three, four yards so that you are in manageable fourth down, third downs, because as I said, he's a guy who has not aired it out a whole lot lately. Um, he's just taking that read, understanding what the defense is giving him and and hitting um, that running back or that intermediate route. Uh, so with that, uh, he doesn't want the football in his hands very long. So if you can, as a New Orleans Saints defense, uh, affect him, get him behind the sticks, you know, it'll be a very long day for him and hopefully a short day for the Saints. Jonathan, this will have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with football. I'm going to let Aaron get a back on the football <laughs> thing. But, but that voice, you had to have been a DJ somewhere, huh? <laughs> a DJ, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I started out in newspapers. Um and then, uh, you know, I had a lot of cosmetic work done to, to make it on television. So uh, here I am with this with this voice. Shout out to the Daily Tar Heel. There we when, go. You just were talking about the run game. How much does the fact that the Bears just let their running backs coach go affect them getting back on track there? Because they definitely had a down week last week against the Chargers. You know, <sighs> That's an interesting situation where it was uh, an HR related matter that uh, led to David Walker's firing and they have elevated Omar Young. They're a young assistant, a quarterbacks coach, uh, offensive assistant. So he has taken over that role with the running backs. Anytime that happens, you know, you're going to want to put your own twist on things. But frankly, uh, when that happens during the week and it's the middle of the season, I don't know what sort of wholesale change is going to take place with the running backs, what you can really necessarily do, but um, excited for his opportunity uh, as an up and coming coach. Uh, I will say, you know, the Bears have had uh, a number of issues uh, relative to the rest of the league. Uh, you'll remember, of course, their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigning under somewhat mysterious circumstances earlier in the season. And so, what you then had was the head coach take over play calling duties. Uh, and mm -hmm. now he needed some help uh, to uh, fill the other coaching duties there. And so they hired Phil Snow, uh, a former Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator, as an analyst. Now you lose another coach and you are elevating uh, an assistant. And so eventually there needs to be some backfill. Eventually you're going to miss having so many hands out there and you're going to need another hand or two. So I don't know if that's going to manifest itself this week necessarily, um, but to lose two coaches, one play caller, 
um, in the season where you never expect to lose any of them uh, is certainly troubling for a number of reasons for the Bears. The Bears have gone two and two over the past month, but have you seen areas of improvement there? Gosh, you know, huge in terms of DJ Moore. Um, you know, they go out and they trade for DJ Moore. He was part of that trade mm-hmm. with the Panthers uh, where Carolina got the number one overall pick. Uh, and he's been a guy who is that number one receiver that uh, I know your fans and listeners knew all about him in the NFC South, but probably he wasn't getting the respect nationally that he deserved. And frankly, if he were playing for a team that had a, a top five, top seven quarterback, he'd be a guy that we'd really be talking about. But he is that dude. Uh, and we saw that, uh, I think, in that nationally televised game against Washington. Again, the Bears playing against the Raiders. That was a huge, huge win for that team um, to get that victory against a veteran backup and in Brian Hoyer. So those two wins have really helped a Bears team that they do not believe they are nearly as bad as I think a lot of people think that they are. And look, I know that they had a really long losing streak, I think 13 games before that Raiders victory. You got to remember last year at the end of the season, that was a team that appeared to to not try to win very many games. And so now what you have is a team that um, they're going to be, they have Montez Sweat. They just made the trade for him. I'm not going to be surprised to see him play gosh, 70, 75% of the snaps. Like you go out there and you get a pass rusher who's 27 years old that you just spent a second round pick on. Um, you are going to play him and play him often because he has as many sacks this season as your entire uh, defensive front has combined through uh, the first half of the year. I was going to ask about Sweat. Do you think he'll have a huge impact on that defense? Because yeah, they have been last in the league in sacks and in quarterback pressure. Yeah, I think so. I think that he's having one of his best seasons of his career, if not the best. I think he in Washington, he was pressuring the quarterback and those pressures were turning into sacks. He's getting off the ball at a rate uh, as fast as he ever has in his career. I think he is absolutely in his early prime. And I think he's a guy who um, he is going to be able to, he's going to be a very rich man soon, depending on when this goes out and how Chicago can do its business. He very well may have uh, a, a new contract in hand by the time he takes the field. And he's going to want to really prove and establish himself with the bears. And so I anticipate and expect him to, have a, uh, a very big impact. And I think we've seen this year, a lot of these pass rushers, whether it's um, a Bosa, whether it's uh, Chris Jones, like uh, even though there's been a layoff, they're going to go out there and, and play a lot of snaps and it doesn't real. So I guess what I'm saying is Montez, he's had no layoff because he's been playing at a high level for a team already scheme. Yeah, sure. It can matter, but it's sort of see ball, get ball. And that's what, Chicago Bears need from him especially uh, this weekend against the Saints. Yeah I was about to ask that how much easier is it for a defensive lineman specifically to acclimate in the midweek trade that way but as you said see ball get ball. Uh, What have you seen from the Saints defense Um, because the the defensive line excuse me hasn't had a lot of sacks but they've been able to get some pressures but they haven't been able to get the quarterback on the ground as much as they like. No, and look, I think every coach, right, will say, hey, we're, we're getting there and it's going to turn. The worm is going to turn for us soon enough. Um, and so uh, I think all fans are like, well, let's get that worm turning right now uh, <laughs> in the first week of November. Like, 
you know, I, a guy that I've been consistently pretty impressed with uh, in terms of how often he's in the backfield is is Carl Granderson, right? And he's uh, really turning up the pressures back there. Does he want to turn those into sacks? Uh, sure. He wants that more than anyone else. But I've been impressed by him. You know, Cam Jordan very deservedly is getting and will continue to get uh, a lot of press. Uh, but, you know, Granderson has been a guy this year that I've seen um, who is really impacting the quarterback. Um, and that's good. Now you just want to get those sacks. And again, you're going to have an undrafted rookie. Uh, you, I, I know that he's going to get some looks on Sunday that he's never seen before and certainly didn't see uh, at his D7 University of Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so yeah, how confused is he going to be? And uh, how much again uh, is he going to want to turn his back to that defense when he's in, sh- or excuse me, when he's under center and they're going to try to run some play action? But again, he's been getting the ball out quickly uh, so far this year. So, Saints fans listening, like, you know, this may be another week where it's a bunch of pressures, but not sacks, just because that's what he's been doing uh, through 100% of his NFL starts, which of course are just two games. Saints might not mind that so much if they can get the pressures because nine interceptions by eight different players. So they've been able to get the ball in their hands in the secondary uh, when it's up. And in fact, speaking of the secondary, the secondary seems to be the strength of this defensive unit right now. I mean, you've got a couple of cornerbacks, Marshall Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, that you really feel good about. You've got a slot corner in Elante Taylor that they really feel good about and a couple of safeties. Uh, what have you seen from the Saints secondary that seems to make them jump out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do like Paulson Adebo. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, again, is a guy just year in, year out, is going to give you everything that you could possibly want from a corner. He's a guy, you know, we just had the trade deadline, and there were so many teams that wanted a corner. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't have one, um, you really want one, and you don't know just how badly you need one until you don't have one. Uh, it's, it's the classic, right? It, you feel like you don't need a hammer until you need a hammer. Well, everybody needs a corner, and you really know that you need a corner when you don't have one. And so um, Marshawn is a guy who ever since, when was he drafted, 2017, uh, has really – that's one thing that this team has just not had to worry about uh, whatsoever. So um, I know that nationally we only uh, – he only really gets talked about the last couple of years whenever uh, – you guys face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, he's a guy uh, that I will be paying very close attention to uh, this week. And what I hope is a lot of matchups with DJ Moore, his old friend and pal from the NFC South days. Have you seen two guys like Marshawn and, and Mike Evans, two guys who just like to fight? Well, excuse me, Mike Evans, who kind of likes to fight and Marshawn just <laughs> likes to cover. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That That's that's how Marshawn would say it, right? Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do the pod with Tampa and we'll see if they, uh, <laughs> if they say it that way too. Um, no, no, I haven't. Uh, but I will say, you know, whenever Tampa and New Orleans play, there's always about maybe like four or five other games that you want to keep your eye on uh, over that. Cause they're playing in probably the one o'clock window Eastern. Uh, I always have that one on the main screen, just, <laughs> just for that reason uh, in particular. <laughs> Well, we're looking forward to this game, and we appreciate you taking some time to break it down. Where can we watch you this weekend? What are you going to be doing? Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, we will be 
on CBS Sports Network on that other pregame show. Uh, the show goes from 8 to 12 uh, a.m. Eastern. Uh, we broadcast out of New York. And then shortly thereafter, uh, flip over, catch me on CBS. Uh, we'll have the NFL Today with JB and the guys. I am one of the guys. Uh, and we will be there from noon to 1 Eastern, breaking down all of the games, uh, and specifically, of course, the CBS games as we continue this road Super Bowl 58, uh, and then, of course, this uh, this tilt between your Saints and the Bears. Uh, very, very pumped for it. And, um, yeah, like I said, maybe we'll see you guys out in Vegas here uh, in, uh, in 93 or so days. Yeah, I don't – J.D., I don't know if you saw the CBS promo, but, J.J., you guys were in the Bellagio, like in the fountains. <laughs> we were we were literally in the fountains uh that was really cool At, there was a moment i turned to boomer esiason and i said to him i said you know there have been some people who have been in the bellagio fountain before but not many of them go in the fountain and aren't arrested immediately after <laughs> uh so it was it was a it was a really really cool moment and even guys who have won a couple Super Bowls or an NFL MVP or James Brown, who's done everything you can under the sun in broadcasting. I think we all could admit that uh, that being in the Bellagio found was a pretty neat experience. Yeah, I bet so. Well, we will definitely look forward to your coverage this weekend. And as we approach the Super Bowl, hopefully we will be there with you. And hopefully none of us are in the Bellagio fountains if it comes down to it. <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah, if I'm in the fountain, I'm getting arrested, I'm sure. <laughs> well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate Jonathan taking the time to join us heading into this week nine matchup against the Bears. If you want to watch the pregame show on NewOrleansSaints.com or at Saints on Twitter slash X, it starts at 11 o'clock, an hour before kick. The game kicks at 12 o'clock on CBS. You can watch it there and then tune back in to NewOrleansSaints.com for our postgame show where Scott Shanley, me, and John Shazer will be there to break down everything that happened in the game and we'll be able to hear from head coach Dennis Allen and players following what we hope is going to be a win. So enjoy the weekend, Saints fans. Definitely bring out the black and gold for Sunday. Cheer loud. Come out to the Superdome as we hope to be celebrating another Saints victory. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.